Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters with another exciting episode of Asheville Food Fans. It's a podcast that I record throughout the week and then I put it together for broadcast on WPVM 103.7 FM, the voice of Asheville, broadcasting to the world. Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here in Food Fan Headquarters with my beautiful co-host, Chef Tom LaFauci from Twisted Laurel, downtown Asheville. Uh, you you guys can't see Tom's face, but he shaved his beard recently and I almost fell over. Tom, <laughs> you you turned 50, you shaved your beard, and I you did. look and you look 12. So <laughs> thank you. you know it's it's something i've done every every decade i did it when i was i did it when i turned 30 i did it when i turned 40 and i turned 50 on the second of january uh so yeah i did it um and it came in and my wife was very upset because she likes the beard uh my daughter didn't talk to me for about a day day and a half she was upset too Uh, my son just laughed at me um they're just so used to seeing me with facial hair so yeah. Um, yeah. But no, it's, it's, I don't know why. It's just, it's a, you know, it's, it's a good reset every 10 years. There you go, Tom. Remind yourself what you look like every 10 years. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can understand the shock of your family. And uh, I, I have a beard in case people have never seen me. And I, about, I don't know, maybe 30 years ago, I decided that I just didn't feel properly dressed without one. <laughs> I felt naked. So, it's kind of weird looking at you all naked like that, Tom. It's growing back. Don't worry. It'll be back okay. in about a couple of weeks. Okay. A couple of weeks. Yeah. It shouldn't take long for a guy like you. You've got a, I've commented on this many times. You've got a beautiful head of hair. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's thick. It's dark. It's, it's straight, but not too straight. It's perfect. It's, it's usually shoved under a hat all day. Yeah. It's it is. But when you, when you turn it loose on the world, it's fantastic. All right, Tommy, let's, talk about food a little bit uh this is a, pr- a program about food and uh tom this this is the week as we record this it's the second week of january and this is the week that i'm about to release all the nominees all the nominations for my annual Stuby awards i've got about 90 nominees in about 23 categories uh mm-hmm. and i use the vagaries of about the word about because I'm still actually working on them as we talk. Um, but you may recall that I, I last year, 2023, I ate at 185 restaurants, something like that. And yeah, it's that, that number still boggles my mind. It was a lot of work. Let me tell you, Tom, it's, I worked hard. I struggled, but I persevered and I did it. And I'm hoping to break that record this year. But out of the 180 something places that I ate last year, 90 of them qualify, or I almost said qualified, but it's just me picking them. But 90 of them made it into the first round of the nominees for the Stubby Awards. And it's only two rounds, nominees and winners. And so I'm going to start with the nominees and then do the winners. And uh, Tom, I want to go over some of those. But before we do, I want to talk to you about, and this might sound like such a dumb question coming from me because they're my stupid awards, but You've won a bunch of my awards 
a handful of them. And I'm just curious how it feels from your point of view. You've been a, a restaurant vet for 30 years. I've been writing about food for 10 years. So I'm, you know, I'm 20 years your junior in the business. Um, and how does it even feel to get nominated and then to win an award, not just my awards, let's talk about those first, but then awards in general. I assume you've won other awards in your long career. So let's talk about that. How did you, how did you feel when you found out last year that you, or two years ago, that you'd been nominated, even three? When did you get your first ones? 2020? 2020. Yeah. So yeah. three years ago, how did it feel to get nominated and to win? It's nice to be nominated. Um, I, I think that when you when you think of if 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 you're running a business or doing what you're doing to get awards, you're usually not going to get awards. We, you know, I know at least for me, I try to run a good kitchen. I try to run a a profitable business. I try I try to run a good kitchen, serve good food. Um, mm -hmm. If there if 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 we get awards for that, then so be it. Um, you know, awards are great. They're, it's nice. It's nice to be recognized. It's nice to be nominated. It's nice to be acknowledged for the hard work you put in. Um, so yeah, when, when we, you know, when I heard we got nominated for awards, it's, it's nice to hear that it's nice to hear that someone's actually paying attention and, and, and given, cause I, I don't think about awards. I don't think about, you know, would I love a James Beard award? Sure. That would be fantastic. <laughs> um, but it's not gonna, you know, I, I've got a kitchen to run. I've got 15 people's families I need to help support. You know, I, I, that, that's just my kitchen, not counting all the servers and, front of the house staff that we have out front. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it's nice to, it's nice to know that someone's, someone's paying attention and, and is, is willing to, to think that I'm, I'm one of the best or what we've done is, is some of the best for, for the year. Yeah. Well, uh, the, like I said, that was a weird question coming from the person who gave you the award. Like, what are you going to say? <laughs> like, I couldn't care less, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I feel like, you know, my awards are not for me to give to people they're there because I want to pay some attention. I do eat out a lot and I write about it a lot. And so I want to then go back and pay attention to the people who really did an awesome job, uh, either in general or one specific thing. So it's it, for me, the awards are about people like you who are kind of like working so hard at what you're doing and doing it so well that you don't have, like you said, you just don't have time to be going after James Beard Awards, which you get those not just by cooking in a kitchen. You get those by pressing some flesh as well. Um, and got true enough, you and I press a lot of flesh. Like one of the reasons that I've given you awards is because I've eaten a lot of your food, like mm -hmm. for real, like probably more. I've eaten more of your food in the last two years than any other restaurant in Asheville bar none. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a combination of coming in for lunch on my own, a couple of dinners here and there, but mostly because you feed me every time I come in with a food tour and you feed, you feed our food tour is usually something different every time we come in and it's not always on the menu or sometimes it's about to be on the menu or you're test driving it or whatever with us. And so I've eaten a ton of your food. And so proximity is one of the reasons why uh, people get nominated, right? Like if I wasn't going into your restaurant three times a week, I wouldn't have eaten as much of your food. That's very true. Right. 
Um, and so, and I talk about pretty openly about how, yes, my favorite restaurants do tend to be the ones I can walk to because I go to them a lot and I eat the whole menu and they become my favorite restaurants. And so for many, many years, Buxton Hall was my favorite restaurant, not just because I love the food, but because when I walked out my door, it was the first restaurant I would come to. So Mm -hmm. proximity. So Tom, I know that you're not like calculating this way, but it it certainly worked in your favor to push a bunch of uh, dishes in front of me all year because um, I got to try just a wide variety of your food. Um, so let's talk about and um, so does it does it matter in the long run that restaurants get awards from local food writers or from local um like the locals when we all vote in the Mountain X, when you get that award, do you see a bump, whether it's me or the Mountain X or Asheville Radio Group or whatever? I mean, I think it depends on the market. I mean, some place like New York City or or a big city, you know, like Chicago or New York City or L.A. or, you know, I it yeah, I mean, it it, it doesn't it may not mean that much because there's so much good food. It just may depend on the people voting on it, um, whereas in a smaller community like Asheville, like. You know, we kind of live and die on locals. And if locals are saying this is the best, then, you know, that that carries a little more weight in, in a town like Asheville than I think it would it would elsewhere. Just because, you know, we've got, you know, we, ha- we have a big tourist, uh, we have a big tourist draw, but at the same time, the tourists all aren't here 12 months a year. You know, That's so right. we have to be able to have uh, faithful locals who come into our restaurants when the tourists aren't here. Um, that's really what keeps us going. Um so yeah, from a from a from a standpoint like that, looking at it like that, anytime a, a, a local food writer or food blogger says, you know, th- you know, they rec- he or she recommends this, I think it carries a little more weight in a smaller market like Asheville. That's interesting. The, the smaller market matters, and I and I feel like the eaters in Asheville are very engaged with each other as well. Yeah. So that we really do listen to each other about where to go eat and stuff. So. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a Facebook group called Asheville Foodies. It's got some astronomical amount of followers. Let me see if I can ascertain that real quick. But um, they, when they people recommend restaurants on Asheville Foodies, like that's a lot of people seeing that, and that's just the power of the eaters. Like, yes, I do post on there. All right, there's twenty nine thousand members of Asheville Foodies, man, and. Uh, and that's not just a overblown, inflated number. It's Facebook, which the numbers on Facebook seem to little be a little more true than, sorry, than the Instagram numbers, which sometimes seem wildly inflated. Um, but I do think that that number is pretty realistic, and people are really engaged. And so, gosh, uh, I should propose to this group. I, I they made me a moderator last year, which was quite an honor because it was already a huge group. And uh, I'll um, I'll ask them if they want to do a, a best of Asheville foodies and get get the folks who are the twenty nine thousand people on the, on that group to vote on their favorites. That would be pretty fun, Tom. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get that going. Let's all vote on our favorites once a year on that group. Um, all right. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, man. Go ahead. You're good. Um, well, I just wanted to launch into like listing some of my stubies and making some exciting announcements. I can't do them all. As I said, we don't have all day to list my favorite stuff, <laughs> but I want to go over a couple of them, Tom. And uh, and let's just talk about the, these things individually. First, let's talk about 
I'm going to announce one of my biggies, one of the big categories everybody's always interested. Who's got the best pizza in town? So my pizza of the year nominees, and there's a lot of them this year because I did eat a lot of pizza. And Tom, I don't think I ate any of your pizza, so don't feel sad. And I did try to pick lists that you weren't on so that you wouldn't have, <laughs> you wouldn't be well, surprised. You. Yeah, or I want to maintain your element of surprise. When you do get a nomination, if I should say, if you if, do get a nomination, if, if, I do, if I do, yeah. Uh, so Manicomio, of course, for their New York style and their Sicilian style slices, both straight up. The Sicilian with pepperoni is awesome. Um, Asheville Pizza South, of course, Drew brings me a pizza once a month. So like you, uh, he's, I'm a frequent flyer on his food. So that helps him a lot. And in particular, his Bang and Penang and his Korean pizzas were Awesome. And then um Contrada, have you have you I've asked you this before, I think. Have you been over to Contrada? It's Brian. I haven't. I haven't. Uh, like I said, my birthday was a little while ago. We were looking at Contrada. We couldn't get over there, but okay. no, I have not eaten there. Well, try to get there like if you can on a Monday around 4 p.m. I know you don't come into Asheville on your days off, but if you happen to be in Asheville, try to get there early um and get their pizza. They're, they have one on the menu. Sometimes their menu rotates, but one called them. Arabiata? Are you familiar with that word, Tom? I am. Arabiata. Yeah, it means Arabian style, which basically just it was just a, a quirky Italian slang for saying spicy. It's usually it's usually got a heavy garlic, some chili flakes, um, tomato base, and it's it's got a, a good kick to it. So nice, yeah. And uh, we get it baller style, b a l l e r baller style, which is. <laughs> Uh, in-house uh, reference the server told us oh you should get it baller style and that means with pepperoni so nice. it was really good and then paisa you and i actually talked about paisa last week they're they're up for a, a nomination this year for what i i call the jai sly the giant slice the giant my, slice. my saturday my saturday night after work uh go to there you go I get it on the way home every saturday big slice you need you need space on your passenger seat for the for the big slice. Yeah, no, it takes up the whole seat. So yeah, and then All Souls Pizza does a pepperoni and hot honey. That's real good. Del Vecchio's. I got a big old cheese pie from them. That was just straight out of the encyclopedia of what a pizza should be. Uh, and then a, a pop up called Mother's Pizza that was happening at uh, Oak and Grist Distillery, and it's a woman with a little portable pizza maker. And she made a lovely margarita pizza as well as one called the Lady in White, Tom. The Lady in White. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, so those are my Pizza of the Year nominees. <laughs> it's a big uh, category. Um, I don't have that many nominees in every category, and I have many more in other categories. Did I list anything there that you've had, Tom? Uh, yeah, Manicomio. Uh, I'm a big fan of Manicomio. Um, I've been to Asheville Pizza South. Um, like I said, uh, Paisa is, is my, is my, is kind of my, my Saturday night go-to on my way home from my week. Okay. Um, been to Del Vecchio's. Um, right. yeah, I mean, they were all, they're all very, they're all very solid. They're all very good products that uh, they do really well. Uh, they all do a great job. That's great, Tom. And I won't, I, I was tempted to ask you to just spontaneously pick your pizza of the year, but I don't want to put you on the spot and you're, you're being very diplomatic right now. So let's leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> um next category tom is hot dog of the year and the one after that is taco of the year and the reason i'm saying them both at once is because they're both very small categories to my surprise 
when I went through my whole Facebook feed and all of my photos from 2023, I ate exactly three hot dogs all year long, Tom. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. Just three. My middle name is hot dog. That's how much I like hot dogs. And I only ate three all year. And I ate two of them at the same place. (laughs) And that was the vault. So I'm nominating the two hot dogs that I ate. The vault, their bacon kimchi hot dog is to die for. Quarter pound Nathan's hot dog with kimchi, bacon, and a spicy aioli on there. And then uh, the Altamont Deli and Grill, which is located where the old Montford Deli used to be. Also in the Montford pop-up, if you remember that. Um, And they do a Reuben hot dog that you can imagine. It's got sauerkraut on it and Swiss cheese and Russian. All the usual suspects. Yep. So a Reuben hot dog. And then the same with the taco of the year. I ate many, many more tacos, but I only ate them at two places. I actually ate every single taco on the menu at both Andale Way and White Duck Taco. And so here we have two very different taco shops, Tom. It's going to be, I'm telling you, I haven't picked the winners. As I'm announcing these nominees, I I have no idea yet who's going to win. Still have to decide. This one's going to be tough because Andale Way, super traditional as well as Tex-Mex tacos, but very traditional Mexican tacos. And then white duck tacos is like psychedelic, tripped out, acid head hippie tacos. And so I'm not sure, Tom, how I'm going to do this. What's what's your advice to me? I mean, I mean, I, I know you're I know at least on food tours, you're always talking about we're going to white duck for X, Y, Z. Um, so I, I know that and they do a great job over there. They're They're busy, man. They've got a ton of different things they do. But you're right. It is it's a little more. It, it depends on if if you're more of a traditionalist or more of a, or more of an open mind to things. Uh, if you like like old school traditional Tex-Mex, um, I've been to Andale Way. I think it's I, I think it's fantastic. They do a really job, really good job over there. I've had yeah. I've eaten there probably a half a dozen times. Um, so yeah, I their everything there is great. Their tacos are great as well. Um, White Duck, it's a little like I said, a little bit more eclectic. A little the 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 color the color palette's a little more a little more broad, um, yeah. it, so but they do a great job there too. Their flavor combinations are really good. Their sauces are great too. So, well, I don't know. That's a tough one. You've been absolutely no help. I know. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Appreciate you. Well, I'll figure it out. It's either going to be one or the other. I don't have. I I can't recall if I've ever had a tie score in anything, if I've ever awarded the same thing to two places because I couldn't decide. I usually try to decide. This year it's going to be traditional or non-traditional. Who am I going to reward? Or I don't know if reward's the right word, but who am I going to choose? And we'll see. The only time will tell, Tom. Time is the ultimate teller. Yes. And uh, let's talk about deep fried things. Man, this is one of my all-time favorite categories, and I, I almost didn't want to release the nominees early on the radio show here, but that's what I'm doing, Tom. I'm throwing all caution to the wind. I'm releasing the exciting categories now, and <laughs> deep-fried thing of the year. I lo- you could deep-fry a shoe, and I'd probably eat that, you know? Yeah, at least try it once. Yeah, I might not give it an award, but I'd probably try it. Yeah, it depends on the shoe, you know, like a leather shoe, nice Italian leather shoe. Deep, maybe braise it for a while, batter it, deep fry it. I could probably get that down. A shoe you could even stuff with cheese and sauce. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
Tom, what do you think? Uh, you seem like you're thinking about maybe making me a deep fried shoe with some cheese and sauce. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> I am not thinking about <laughs> But you, you got to admit, my methodology is sound, right? You braise it for a while to break it down. You Maybe, maybe you coffee rub it for a few days or something and then braise it. You're overthinking. You're really overthinking things. Right All now. right, let's talk about some real deep fried things that I love. So, yum sushi and burrito, uh, sushi burrito and poke. That's a tough one for me to get my mouth around. Sushi burrito and poke. The sushi burrito is like a giant sushi roll. So don't don't go thinking they've got burritos there. And they do this thing called shrimp shumei that I've talked about many times on the show. And they just dump it out of a bag. It comes frozen. So, you know. What can I tell you? I'm a cheap date, but I love this shrimp shumei, and it's up for a freaking award, Tom. Even though anybody could probably get their hands on a bag of this stuff and just deep fry it for me, but I don't know. Yum does a great job. They deep fry it. I was, just I right. was, I was on Yum when they opened when I was working over on Long Shoals Road uh, back in 16, 17, 18. Uh, they have a location on Long Shoals Road over there, and I love them. They they do a they do a great job for what they do. They really um, do. Um, they opened those two locations at the same time. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I thought they just opened the one and then the other. Uh, no, they crazy. opened simultaneously, and everybody was like, what are you doing? You're both going to go out of business, and they're both hanging on. The one on Ashland could probably use some love just because of the location's a little weird. Right across that's the a rough, street that's, a, that's kind of a tough location, yeah. It is, yeah. Uh, so anyways, they are my first nominee in this deep fried thing of the year. Then uh, Laughing Seed. I went there last uh, in, the, in December and uh, got their slider and their jalapeno French fries, which I, I used to eat all the time back when I first got to Asheville. And I kind of forgot how awesome these things are. But their jalapeno French fries are to die for. They're very crispy, very flavorful. They got some heat, everything you're looking for, and a deep fried item, Tom. And then uh, over to Green Tea Sushi. You ever been there? I have not. I have not. I need to find a good sushi place in uh in Asheville. I, I just I just haven't haven't gotten there. Well, I really like green tea, uh, and I recommend it. And I went with my mom, and I got a cooked roll, not a raw one. I like them both, but I got a cooked one called a spider roll, which had soft shell crab. It was soft shell crab. Yeah, it was fantastic. Oh my god, it was to die for. And then on to Benny on Eagle, where I got something called the banana blossom, a food item I had never had before. Every bunch of bananas has a weird flower on the bottom of it, and you can process this thing, batter yep. it, and deep fry it. It has a very subtle flavor, kind of picks up whatever flavor you put on it. But Benny served it to me, a food item I had not only never had, but one I had never heard of. So. Got to give it a nomination just for that alone. Plus, it was delicious. And then uh, Chestnut has got some really nice pimento cheese fritters on the menu. Now, oh, that sounds good. Yeah, Tom, that almost sounds like cheating, though, right? Like kind of. Like you just got a pimento deep-fried fritters? Yeah, here's all the awards. Best fritter, <laughs> best best pizza. Take, take the best taco award for that, too. I don't, you're, like, you're checking all the boxes with that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they're just not, even though they're straight up cheating with a pimento cheese fritter, they are a nominee. And then the odd, formerly known as the auditorium. <clears throat> this is a weird one because I don't normally go for deep fried pickles, but or like one or two, fine. But their pickle plate, like, man, I think I ate like an equivalent of five cucumbers just because I was chowing down so many pickles off of their pickle plate. And then uh, the Tasty Diner. And of course, Tasty Diner, 
they got nominated in about a thousand categories, but they're uh, I've, I've had that exact dish. It's 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 great. The fried chicken thighs with the whipped taters. I have, yeah, yeah, it's Dude. very good. Dude, Stephen Goff, man, I swear he's got some sort of magic wand with punk rock stickers on it, and uh, he waves it over the food, and magical things happen. I know he does. I like I like Stephen. He's he's a, he's a good guy. I've actually gotten to know him a little bit. So, yeah, very good dude, and uh, his food's fantastic. You actually worked over at the Tasty uh, doing a, a barbecue pop up uh, once a week for a month. Is that right, Tom? Yeah, this time last year. Uh, the at that time that they weren't doing dinner. Uh, but they wanted to start kind of opening the restaurant for dinner, but they couldn't staff it. It didn't have menus thread together. So they would let, they reached out to everybody, to folks to see if they wanted to do pop-ups. And I reached out to them and yeah, we did a three or four Sundays uh, where we did, uh, I did barbecue. I did a barbecue pop-up. Uh, went really well. I love doing it. Um, and Steven's a good, good partner to work with and a great chef. So. I hope that you get an opportunity to do other barbecue pop-ups, man. Cause that one did happen on Sundays, and it did happen during a busy tour season, so I was unable to attend any of your book pop-ups at Tasty Diner, but hopefully next year. And I, I'm not even done with this deep-fried thing of the year category. There's, I uh, see next, that, yeah. Yeah, next comes uh, Nang Juniors with the Quek Quek, great name, K-W-E-K squared Quek Quek. And uh, these are deep-fried quail eggs, Tom, and they were unbelievable, just like... I don't know, hard boiled, pickled, maybe deep battered, deep fried, served with a fish sauce. Incredible. And I, uh, actually sounds really good. <laughs> yeah. And apparently it's a traditional sort of Filipino uh snack dish and usually made with duck eggs, I guess. Uh, hence the name, which I guess is a, a way to say quack quack. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh super delish, super unique. Uh Chef Silver be putting fish sauce on everything and making it taste great. Whether it's fresh fruit or actual fish, it's their fish sauce is just phenomenal. Uh, so, and then rhubarb, again, pimento cheese, hush puppies, just straight up cheating. Um, and Miyako House, another fried sushi roll. I got the tempura lobster roll. So, and it's lobster versus crab on the sushi, deep fried sushi roll front. And then finally, Tom, the Bison Cigars at District 42, which is the bar in the basement, or not the basement, the first floor of the Eris Hotel in downtown Asheville. Their Bison Cigars are really, really tasty. They're basically taquitos stuffed with ground bison from Dr. King's Carolina Bison Farm. They're very delicious. Now, t Tom, you I, I see you. You seem, you seem to be somewhat struggling with your technology there, which is kind of why I'm just... Don't, don't worry about me. My technology is fine. I can hear you just fine. We can keep right on going. Okay. I was kind of just barreling through because I wasn't sure what was going on. The camera's moving around a lot, and you got a perplexed look on your face. And your yeah, eyebrow just went up. <laughs> <laughs> well, stop stop looking at me. I'll shut my camera off, and we can just no, keep talking. No, 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 no. Don't. I, can't, I hate talking to a blank screen. Uh all right. Well, those are the two categories I wanted to cover. Three, four, four categories. Pizza of the year, hot dog of the year, taco of the year, deep fried thing of the year. And of course, all of these things will be announced uh, by the time this show airs on Friday. They will have already been announced on my blog, which is stewhelmfoodfan.com. And uh, and so those are those categories. And, and Tommy, let, let's do take a little break. Listen to a mana spot. 
And then when we come back, let's do a real quick version of where'd you eat, or in your case, perhaps, what did you eat if you did more cooking and eating at home than going out to eat? But didn't you tell oh, me- Oh, no, we, we went out a couple times this week, so I, I got some stuff to talk about. All right, cool. Let's take a little break. When we come back, I'll, I, in the script, it says I'm going to go first, but let's let you go first when you get when we get back. Okay. All right. Western North Carolina is one of the hunger hotspots in the country. And although we think of Asheville as Food City USA, right now thousands of our neighbors are currently experiencing not enough. But you can help. Mana Food Bank has been serving the Western North Carolina area for over 40 years with much needed food support. And with Mana, just $1 can provide four meals. Learn more at manafoodbank.org. All right, everybody. And yes, please give to Mana if you can. I'm aware that not everybody is able to donate money to the causes, but if you have some money that you can afford to donate, Mana's a great choice. They really do wonderful things with their donations. All righty, Tom, we're back and we're here and you're in your camera. Stopped moving around all crazy. I thought there was an earthquake out where you live. Um, and uh <laughs> And now we're going to do where'd you eat, what'd you eat? And Tom, you actually went out to eat twice, which is a small miracle for any chef, any professional chef that you had time to go out to eat. But it was your birthday. It was the holidays. Where did yeah, you it, eat? It, it was, was my birthday on the second, Tuesday the second. It was my wife's birthday actually on Friday the sixth. Um, so we went out to eat for my birthday and then we went out. Today's Monday, so we went out last night for her birthday. For my birthday, we ended up going to uh, Bone and Broth. I had never been there. Uh, I've heard really good things about it. I, have you been there before or no? Not in years, Tom. So I'm real curious to hear your thoughts on it, man. How Great. how was it? Great. Um, we got there at about 530. It was January the 2nd. Uh, so it's a Tuesday night and we couldn't get a table. It was packed and we had to sit at the bar, Okay, which is fine. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, <laughs> we're rocking. They were doing really well. Yeah, Tuesday. They're a neighborhood restaurant. It very much is. And they, they from talking to the bartender, they have a great relationship with the chop shop, which is literally right next door. Uh, they do work with City Bakery, which is on their other side. Um, so they're using a lot of locally produced things. Uh, they get some great steaks, uh, which I had. They had a, a, a 12 ounce New York strip, 21 day dry aged uh, on, on their specials board that night. That's what I ended up getting. Uh, my nice. wife got the trout. Uh, yeah, it was very it was very good. Um and uh, my son, my daughter, and my son and daughter came with us. My son got the bolognese, uh, and he liked it a lot. We got a few different appetizers. Uh, their pimento cheese and sweet potato chips was killer. Um, along with their, their, they do like a great, uh, like a disco fry kind of situation with homemade uh, beef demi and blue cheese and crispy onions. And yeah, it was killer too. Dang, um, you're making me hungry, Tom. Yeah, no, it, it they did a fantastic job. And like I said. 5.30 on a Tuesday night. I would love to be rocking at 5.30 on a Tuesday night um, yeah. in January. Yeah. You know, I mean, and they, and they were killing it. They were on point. Everything was on point. Service was great. Food was fantastic. Um, yeah, no, great. We had a great experience there. All right. Uh, well, and I, I got to go back, man, because I, like I said, I haven't been there for years. Here's a little piece of trivia. Last time I went there, Jay Medford was the executive chef. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And he was there for a little bit. Of course, Jay now owns Storm Rumbar, one of the greatest restaurants ever in Asheville. 
And so, yeah, that was a long time ago. So you're making me real hungry. I'll have to go back and get those things. You know, I like me a steak and I like, you, you said disco fries. I had not heard that before, but like, like some tricked out fries with gravy and, and stuff on them. Disco, I like that. disco fries is a New Jersey thing, which is essentially comes down to uh, French fries with gravy and cheese on them. Um, so you did that kind of their interpretation on it and, and it was great. It was fantastic. Jersey poutine. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Jersey diner poutine. That's great. Uh, I love it. Man, I used uh, to go so to was, this. Let me just, uh, sorry, Tom. No, I just want to say, ahead. I used to go to this diner, a Greek diner in Boston, and you could get French fries with lamb gravy. And it was, it was before I'd even heard of poutine. It was just fantastic, man. It was such, it was like in college, it was my poverty food, man. And uh, I kind of lived on that. And when I needed to switch it up, they had pilaf, and I would get pilaf with lamb gravy. It was like a dollar fifty or something, you know? I just... <laughs> Very fond memories of French fries with gravy. But anyways, and where else did you go, Tom? Uh, so Sunday night, uh, we went to Red Ginger uh, downtown. Um, I had never been. I'd passed by it, you know, 500 or so times. Um, never heard any really bad things about it, so we gave it a shot. It is dim sum uh, and tapas, uh, obviously very Asian-influenced. Um, and it was great. Uh, it everything was on point. Uh, their calamari was fantastic. Uh, my my family, we are we are we are team calamari. So anywhere we go that has calamari on the menu, we usually get it. Uh, okay. And it was dead on perfect. Um, uh, they they have a little bit of sushi on the menu, not a ton. Mm -hmm. uh, the one roll we did get uh, was great. It was called the King of the Sea roll. So it had mm. uh, spicy crab and chopped up white fish and about two or th two other fish on there. So it was a lot. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the their rolls get got, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had uh, beef chow fun there. Uh, we had hunt, uh, honey soy roasted uh, roasted pork. I mean, we had probably ten different plates, and we were just you know just every couple of minutes we were another one or two, and we just kept it coming. Um, and it was fantastic, yeah. like super super good. And then we actually went across the street to Sweets and Seats. Cool. Uh, so yeah, uh, oddly enough, we asked what they had for dessert, and they're like, well, "We don't have dessert, but our our owners own this dessert place right across the street." Oh, okay. uh, so it's owned by the same folks who own Red Ginger, own Sweets and Streets. Uh, I Sweets was not Sweets. aware of that, Tom. And yeah. I, I've I've actually talked. That's interesting. I talked to the owner of uh, Red Ginger when they first opened, and I talked to the owner of Sweets and Seats when they first opened. But so many years had passed in between that I did. I actually literally didn't realize it was the same person. Yeah, I, I their desserts are fantastic over there. I mean, just very top notch. Yeah, uh, it's a cool. It's a cool little vibe on the inside. Um, my my kids got each got got a bubble tea, so they were super happy about that. We got three different desserts and shared them all. Uh, I am a sucker for a good macaron, uh, macaroon, mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. they do really really good ones. The, the yeah. three, the three flavors I got were fantastic. So, yeah, two really good experiences in the last week. Yeah, that's great, man. I'm I'm psyched that you were able to get out and go out as often as you were in the last week. Um, and you you picked some real good places. It sounds like. I mean, oh, already yeah. uh, Red Ginger, I'm real familiar with, and yeah, I love it. And Sweets and Seats is great. I've been there a bunch, and I think that's a really smart business model for her to. I don't know if they had desserts on the dim sum menu prior to that, but taking them off and then telling people that we own the dessert cafe across the street, I think is the perfect way to uh, drive business to your, to your new dessert shop right across the street. Um, so good job, Tommy. 
and uh, your equipment has kicked out entirely. I don't know if you can hear me, but I can no longer see you, and I don't think I can hear you. But while you figure that out, I am going to do my where did you eat, and I ate out a bunch of times, but not as many as I need to if I'm going to hit my 200 mark. But uh, my, the very first place I went out to eat this year in 2024 was the super cute brand new bakery that's right adjacent to the Sunny Point Cafe, one of Asheville's most favorite restaurants. And it's called Rabbit Hole, and it's it's owned by the same folks who own Sunny Point. And uh, I, I went there with my nephew and his girlfriend, and I got an almond croissant, some coffee, and they were both totally excellent. And this place just totally rules all the baked goods. I went there for a tasting last year and all the baked goods were fantastic and just a great place. So um, high recommends for rabbit hole right next to uh, 12 uh, sunny point cafe in West Asheville on Haywood road. And then next, uh, the second place I ate in this place, I got more than just a snack. I went to 12 bones by the river with my mom, okay. no, my, my, uh, Tommy, are you back? I, I can still hear you, man. Yeah, I'm, I apologize. I have to take. I'm trying to take care of something as we talk. Okay. All right. Well, I'm just going to keep on talking. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. And so, Twelve Bones River. I went with uh, my wife Dawn and our friend Heather visiting from Michigan, and we got barbecue. And Dawn got some brisket. Or I'm sorry, Heather got some brisket. Dawn and I both opted for the smoked turkey plate. And it was fantastic. Like I, that's one of my favorite dishes in all of Asheville is the smoked turkey at 12 bones with a side of mac and cheese and a side of jalapeno cheese grits. And I know that sounds very samesies, but what can I say? I like those colors and flavors very much. Uh, and then uh, so 12 bones, big hit recommend still great. And then uh, while we were down there in the foundy section of the rad, we went to the new stock pantry, with chef at where chef Ashley caps and her partner are slinging some fantastic baked goods. Chef Ashley caps, one of my previous chef of the year winners, Tom, did you know that? I, I did not. That that's interesting. That's how, that's good to see the people are still, still kicking butt out there. Oh my God. Ashley just opened up last year and it's a cute spot. They're, they're working on filling it with more and more stuff. We got some, uh, what some babka there the other day and it was great so went there and then uh went to session cafe for breakfast and i'll be saying this again and again all year session cafe for breakfast they've got this egg sandwich that i like very much that is one of my nominees for both sandwich of the year and breakfast item of the year so that's a big deal uh to me anyways oh there he is there's tom he's back but your but your microphone is off buddy and now your camera's off too. What is going on over there as you've entered some sort of magnetic field of some kind, messing with all your technology? Um, and then just to round out the where did I eat, we went to La Bodega and had three different desserts. They were all just to die for, to die for. We got the boyo, uh, the chocolate ball cream puff stuffed with chocolate, thick chocolate cream covered in honey. It's got sort of a crust on the outside that's a little sugary and nice and then uh also the uh what's it called the uh, basque cheesecake which is a looser more creamy 
not not as heavy version of cheesecake that we're used to. This New York style cheesecake is very heavy. Basque is a little bit lighter, creamier, just melts right on your tongue. It's burnt on top to give it a little smoky flavor. It's really, really good. And we also got their poudin, which is uh, just a bread pudding, but it's more like French toast in a way because it comes in a slice. And uh, then they heat it, and it's made out of croissants. And then they put a sauce and glaze on there and a butter, hot butterscotch on there. And it's fantastic. It's just all three of these desserts are to die for. And just like you went from the dim sum place to the seats and sweets, I recommend that if you're at a restaurant that doesn't have a dessert menu or doesn't have a great dessert menu, go, go to La Bodega where the desserts are fantastic. And uh, finally, last place on my where'd you eat list was I went, no, I'm sorry, two more places. I went to Tall John's where Tommy, unfortunately, I ordered the wrong thing. I ordered schnitzel when what I really wanted was spätzle. And they're very different from each other. And I just didn't, I was not in the mood for schnitzel. And I'm not really a huge fan of chicken fried steak and schnitzel and other things like that so well i don't not recommend the schnitzel to schnitzel fans i myself was like oh dang it i got my words mixed up as i often do so schnitzel not spatzel what do you think of that tom oh he just shook he shook the camera no (laughs) (laughs) oh wait here he is I think you need to learn German. It's what I think you need to do. And also read the menu a little more carefully. <laughs> um, so, and then the very last place I'll mention in my Where'd You Eat is I went to White Duck, which we mentioned before is one of my nominees for Taco of the Year. And I got the Shrimp and Grits Taco. And boy, howdy, that thing is so ding dang good. It is just incredible. So for a breakfast taco or an any time of day taco, and it's big. And so I was nice and full. And then I did a food tour. And it was freaking great. All right, Tom, that's my where'd you eat. And I I, I can't tell if you're with me or not. Speak, speak I am, to me. I am very much with you. I'm okay. I got I got kids and a wife and I got things to take care of, and I apologize for stop that dog. All right. Yeah. Sorry, the, the folks at home can't see, but I have been on a wild journey with Tom and his camera. <laughs> uh and I've just been trying to roll with it, Tom. So I just did my Where'd You Eat. You did your Where'd You Eat. We ate at some great places. Asheville's full of great food. What else can we say, man? Good to be alive. It's good to be in Asheville. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Um, Tom, let's do a few more categories in the Stubby Awards, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. All right. Breakfast and brunch item of the year. I already mentioned the first one that I'm about to say. Session Cafe has this really nice egg, cheese, and pepper and tomato sandwich. Uh, Little tiny cherry tomatoes and nice little sweet peppers cut into rings all mixed together, sort of like scrambled egg style, served on a very buttery, delicious uh, set of bread. And a really nice sort of sweet type sauce on there. Must be some honey in the mix on this sauce. Really freaking nice breakfast sandwich and then speaking of breakfast sandwiches the rue i have made no secret of this all year that the dirty south sandwich there is fantastic gonna get an award for me it's a biscuit with pulled pork collard greens pimento cheese and pickled onions if you want them tom it's very very clear if you want them 
-hmm. Are you saying yes to pickled onions on your dirty South sandwich? I'm a fan. Yeah, that, that would be great. Okay. Uh, and then Zella's Deli. Zella's Deli, kind of a hum more humble establishment downtown, affordable lunch for folks at a Zella's Deli. My young nephew is doing electric work in the building across the street, and he's been eating at Zella's a lot. And they are nominated for their egg, cheese, and bacon sandwich on a Kaiser roll. And it's the Kaiser roll that I really love about this sandwich. And they break the egg. They spread it out. They don't scramble it. They spread it out. They put the cheese on top, and then they fold the egg up like a I think I told you this last time, Tom, like a packet of cocaine. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but instead of cocaine, it's healthy, wholesome cheese. And so I would encourage people to, to make the switch from cocaine to cheese. Um, and then after Zella's, we have Ukiah, Japanese smokehouse, Bruce's biscuits and gravy. Awesome. Like really, really good. I could eat them once a week at the very least. And here's a here's a pro tip for everybody: order the a, two sides, a side of biscuits and a side of gravy, and it's actually like a dollar cheaper than ordering the biscuits and gravy. I'm not sure why, but don't tell anybody, Tom, because I don't want it to get back to you, Kaya. Your secret is safe with me. All right, saving a dollar on that right there. And then Owl Bakery, you can't have breakfast in Nashville without even without at least considering Owl. And Tom, I got one of the best ham and cheese croissants I have ever had in my life. I've been eating ham and cheese croissants since about like 1989, probably, or earlier when they started to become real popular in the States. Uh, croissants weren't always super popular. Like the, there's a time in the history of the United States where we didn't have freaking croissants everywhere you look. And so it used to be kind of a special thing. And the one at Owl Bakery is special. The cheese oozed out and got kind of not, I don't want to say burnt because that might turn people off, but you know what I mean? It got Normalized. Yes. That's <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's why you're my co host, Tom. <laughs> you're like the, you, you've got the words that I'm struggling for in the food world. You know, yeah, burnt, people... burnt, has, burnt has such a, a negative connotation with it. Yes, absolutely. But that umami that comes off of that caramelized cheese. Uh, it was almost like getting a, a ham and cheese croissant and then two little extra cheese chips that went with it because it had oozed out on both sides. Uh, and then Session Cafe, again, for their Waffle Wednesdays. Pretty fun concept. And then three separate nominations for Tasty Diner for their biscuits and gravy. Their giant like Grand Slam style breakfast that has like one of everything on the plate until it's just overflowing. And then their French toast, which is like my kids, my kids love it. Yeah, Tom, it's to die for. Yeah, it's 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 gross. It's it's so good. It's gross. It's so <laughs> it's good. Gross. It's so good. And it's a sweet dish, but it's not cloyingly sweet, so you feel yeah. like you've eaten breakfast and not dessert. Although it is sweet, just to warn people. Um, yeah, I'm so glad that you and your family go to Tasty Diner, man. I. I I think of it as like a nice family spot. I would have loved it if my dad like brought me there for breakfast when I was a kid, you know, it would have been really fun. Um, and then Capella on nine for their crab cakes, eggs, Benedict. Tom, I always say that's like four of my favorite words in a row. <laughs> crab cake, eggs, Benedict. Yep. It's just, you can't go wrong right there. Uh, and then the odd again, formerly the auditorium, their eggs, Benedict burrito was one of the most unique breakfast items I've ever had. 
it was exactly what it sounds like and it was delicious and i just gotta i gotta give extra points for creativity on that one uh and then a place out in marshall called the grateful organic diner and they did uh an eggs benedict again you can tell i like eggs benedict tom that's that's mm-hmm. one way to get a nomination a yeah i do if you ever want to be nominated for a breakfast item of the year award just serve me some eggs benedict and you will probably at least get a nomination um, and they do it. The reason I nominated them, apart from the deliciousness, was they served it with carrot bacon. It's a it's a vegetarian slash vegan restaurant. And so they do have eggs and cheese. But uh, I got carrot bacon, Tom, and it was really tasty. Wowzers. <laughs> uh, how if I said to you, Tom, how would you make? Well, let's not just say if I said it to you, I'm going to actually say it to you. How I have you... no earthly idea how I would make carrot bacon. Really, I, I really just, don't. I mean, I if I mean, gun to my head, I could probably fumble through it, but I just I don't know. I have no earthly idea how I would do it. Okay, well they they sliced the carrots thin, the lengthwise, so they were long, thin mm-hmm. slices, and then I think they were kind of like uh, dried, and then um, reconstituted with maybe some miso and. Uh, they may have been smoked or something like that. That makes um, sense. It, get, it gets all the kind of the same, not the same flavors, but the same sort of characteristics as, as as bacon would be. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't trying to be bacon. I think it's just using the word bacon as sort of a almost whimsical way to describe. Yes. There you go. Finger quotes in the air. Um, and so, and then let's see the final Final nominee in the breakfast or brunch item of the year is Mother Bakery on the South Slope. Does a really, really lovely French-style omelet that is just tender and delicate, still a little runny in the middle. It's rolled up like a crepe or a burrito would be. Um, it's reasonable size, comes with a side salad. It's it's very, in my opinion, it's like a sophisticated little breakfast. So have you, how, Tom, let me ask you this. How would you make a French omelet? Cause people may not know what a French omelet is. You know, you, you, so you whisk your eggs. You, I add, I would add a little bit of heavy cream to the, the whisk eggs. You don't salt it. You go salt it right before it goes in the pan. Uh, you use a very medium, low to low heat, um, a chunk of butter, melt that slowly. You do not want to do it on high heat. You do not want any color on the on the omelet. Um, you want to cook it very slowly. Um, you know, you almost start, you almost kind of, when the eggs hit the pan, you want to act, treat it like scrambled eggs for the first 30 seconds or so to kind of get everything cooking. Then let it, you cook it very, very wet. Uh, fr- you know, a, a French omelet is not done with, is not done like a like a, a a diner omelet that's cooked pretty hard. It's got cheese and mushrooms and bacon in the kitchen sink and you know yesterday's meatloaf and everything on top of it. A French omelet is all about the eggs. Yeah. Uh, you may put some cheese. You may put a little bit of cheese on it or maybe one accompaniment with it. Um, the side item traditionally for a French omelet is some sort of green salad um, with a very light vinaigrette. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, very there, perfect. There are chef- when I was coming up, there are chefs who would make you cook an omelet to see so that they could test your uh your cooking skills and your cooking control on yeah. how you cook eggs. Yeah, it's a it's a delicate, beautiful little 
uh, dish. And that, you did a perfect description, of course, on how to prepare it and how it is prepared. And Tom, we are running right up against the clock. I'm going to barrel through the side dish of the year nominees. And let me just say Altamont Deli and Grill, cabbage and ham, fantastic dish, very buttery, very cabbagey. Uh, Buxton Hall Barbecue, rest in peace. Their jalapeno poppers were the best I've ever had. Laughing Seed, again, the French fries, just fantastic. Uh, Sweet Plantain does some fried plantains that are really good. Pure and Proper in Black Mountain, we had an asparagus side dish that was fantastic. The Grocery, uh, again, rest in peace out there in Black Mountain uh, with the stuffed mushrooms. They were unbelievable, man. I'm gonna, I'm so sad I can't go eat there again. I only ate there once. Uh, Tasty Diner served us some amazing fingerling potatoes. I know that sounds really simple, but they, of course, were all tricked out with the cream sauce and stuff. Uh, and All Souls Pizza had some salt and pepper shrimp that were deep fried in the shell. So you eat the shell and they were very crispy and crunchy and salt and peppery and so, so good. Um, at Bouchon, we had a ravioli uh, du homard, which is a lobster stuffed ravioli with a nice cream sauce. Super delish. Curate, some head on prawn. So you're seeing a pattern. Feed me shrimp. You might get an award. And uh, again, curate with their pan con tomate which is just tomatoes rubbed on toast, basically. Uh, and Tom, look at this last one on the list. Twisted Laurel, downtown Asheville for your meatballs. And your meatball side dish is phenomenal. And you're up for a Stubie Award this year, Tom. At least one. We'll see how it shakes out with the others. How does that make you feel? It's nice to be nominated. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Circling back to our beginning conversation well you again your meatballs and we don't we actually literally don't have time for a thorough description but they are great and i recommend them highly folks go in and see chef tom at twisted laurel downtown Asheville. and thanks for listening everybody and thanks to wpvm 103.7 fm for taking my humble podcast and turning it into a radio broadcast i think that's pretty cool tommy and thanks to you tom my co-host for being here chef tom lafauci i appreciate you brother Appreciate you. Thanks for the time. Sure thing. Any Anytime, every time you want to come on the show. And folks, please follow me on social media. I'm Stu Helm at Food Fan on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Substack. And by all means, if you eat something delicious, let me know about it. Peace out. Bye, everybody. Bye.